When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you're a 415 or you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415. Hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the inaugural episode of the 415ers podcast. This is episode one here. My name is Evan Giddings, along with Mark Grandy. We'll be coming at you three times a week during the San Francisco 49ers season. This is a podcast devoted to the 49ers. You can find it on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, anywhere you can find the Odyssey app in cooperation with 95.7 The Game. There's certainly a lot to get to in our first episode after the conclusion of week two, where the Niners beat the Seattle Seahawks 27-7. to But first, with this being our first episode, Mark, I thought we'd click, quickly be able to sort of introduce our ourselves with the people, let them know a little bit about us, as well as where we hope this podcast can go this season. So first things first, appreciate you being on this ride with me, man. Oh, of course, Evan. A pleasure to be here with you. And yeah, excited to talk about uh, Niners football all year long here on the 415ers podcast. And we appreciate all you guys for for tuning in uh, to what is surely going to be what already has been a really interesting season. I know that, you know, we've spent a lot of time, you know, at 95.7 the game and, and around talking to friends about how this Niner team is already the maybe the most interesting team in the NFL just from a, a discussion standpoint, even before week one, just with the Jimmy G, Trey Lance dynamic and everything going on. Uh, so there's obviously a lot to talk about and that just get gets ratcheted up tenfold now with what happened on the field uh, in, in the 49ers home opener against the Seahawks. They obviously won. We'll talk all about that. But of course, Evan, the big story is is Trey Lance and his injury and Jimmy G coming back in and now assuming the starter role. It, it seems like we'll obviously dive into that. But all I got to say is there is a ton to talk about with this 49ers team. And uh, we'll have everything that you that you could possibly want around this 49ers team all season long here on the 415ers. This is going to be a place where obviously you'll get post-game reaction, planning three episodes per week to drop Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. Be sure to look for that in your podcast feed anywhere you find the Odyssey app. And you know, as far as what our roles are here in cooperation with 95.7 The Game, my name is Evan Giddings. I work on Steiny and Guru as a producer. 
Mark Grandy works as a producer with Damon and Ratto. Uh, we've also helped 95.7 as far as being the voice of the Barrier Area Panthers, the indoor football team that is on 95.7 The Game. So we do have some experience with football here in the Bay Area. And Mark, you yourself actually a large 49ers fan. So I appreciate you being able to add that nice perspective. Yeah, I'll try to bring the passion. Although uh, right now, after after what happened, despite the fact that it was a win over Seattle, you know, your division rival, the team that's handed you so many tough defeats over the years, it still kind of feels like a gut punch because we've been waiting so long, a year and a half now, to see what Trey Lance was going to be in the NFL level. And we saw five quarters of him as the team's actual starter, less than that. He got hurt today in the first quarter. Um, and now we're going to have to wait presumably a whole nother year because the early reports from Adam Schefter are that he's likely out for the season. Kyle Shanahan just spoke moments ago and, and said that he's Trey Lance is going to have surgery tomorrow. So um, what does it mean for Trey Lance? We're going to dive into all of it. I, it. There's just so many angles to attack this from. No doubt. No doubt. Now that we got the pleasantries out of the way, I mean, I, I believe it's only right to start first with with the play itself. Second and eight at the Seattle 21-yard line. 2-3-3 left in the opening quarter. Trey Lance goes off right guard and then gets rolled up on, injures his ankle, gets carted off the field. I mean, this, the Niners do go on to win the game and, and beat Seattle 27-7 pretty handedly the rest of the way. But, it, I mean, the game itself, Mark, almost pales in comparison to what happened on that individual play, on that second and eight play in which Kyle Shanahan, after the game, spoke about being a pretty normal NFL play. Uh, But I I know I have a couple of takes on it. And first things first, that was the 15th play of the game for the San Francisco 49ers. It was their 12th rushing play in those first 15. Trey Lance ends on the game with a, you know, two for three, 30 yards, we didn't really get to see him let it rip. And that's where I want to first start with you. It's like, dude, we've been sold Trey Lance as this you know, pocket passer. We've been sold Trey Lance as this guy who has the ability to run as well. But you know, he didn't really get a chance to throw the ball from the pocket today. And then he gets rolled up on, on, on one of you know, his three, at least from what I could tell, design quarterback runs. And... It looked a lot like the game last year in his first start against Arizona, where he was taking off more often than people wanted him to see, where he was being put in harm's way. And it's just really unfortunate that he, at least at this point, is looking like he's going to have his season cut short in just the second game, not even a quarter in, you know, two and a half minutes left. And we're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo as likely the next starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. I think you bring up a great point when when you rewind to last year, his spot start against the Arizona Cardinals. I, I believe that was what week five. It was relatively yeah. early in the season when when Jimmy Garoppolo was down with a minor injury. Lance needed to make a spot start against what was at the time the best team in the NFL. At least they uh, were playing like it. The Cardinals were at that point, and I think we kind of all wrote off the the game plan and the play calling in that game because. Like, you know, it was a spot start. It, it wasn't after an entire offseason where you knew Trey Lance was going to be your starter, where you had an entire offseason, an entire training camp the first week as the starter. And, you know, leading up to this week two game, 
you didn't have all that time to develop a playbook to figure out what was going to work and what wouldn't work last year. That was that was the case last year. You did not have that time. But this time you do. You have all of that time in the offseason, if you're Kyle Shanahan, to figure out what works best for Trey Lance, to figure out how you are going to use his legs. It's not like his legs shouldn't be used because that's obviously a threat. You look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in today's era, Generally speaking, they're guys that are mobile, but that aren't going to run first. So I'm just been absolutely shocked at the way that Trey that that Kyle Shanahan has used Trey Lance. I mean, you look at the first drive for the 49ers today. It was back to back runs to Jeff Wilson Jr., who had a pretty nice game. Then Trey Lance, a nice completion of Brandon Ayuk. He had a nice run after the catch, 25 yard gain. And we saw the first carry of the career for, for Ty Davis Price, who looked good in short bursts, incomplete pass for Lance, then a Lance run for seven yards on third down. Ty Davis Price again. Ty Davis Price again after that. And then a Lance run and a Lance short pass incomplete, setting up the field goal. Those are his three passes. They all came on the first drive. And the second drive, he Kyle Shanahan did not let Trey Lance throw the ball once. He obviously knows more about this kid than we do. He sees him in practice every single day, but I just can't get it through my head why you wouldn't want to let this guy throw the ball a bit. Obviously, you know, throwing it and and calling a gun run to your quarterback are two different things, but I hindsight's 2020 and, and Shanahan says I always regret play calls that result in an, in an injury. But I, I just can't make sense of it. If you are begging your quarterback to get hurt and whether it's a season ending injury or, you know, a, a bad bone bruise that cost him a couple of weeks. I mean, is it worth putting your quarterback in that kind of risk? I mean, everyone has been talking about it the last week after the game in Chicago. You can't let Trey Lance run the ball this many times. He's going to get hurt. And unfortunately everyone that was saying that was right. And, uh it it's football things happen you could make the case that this wasn't avoidable it's it's a freak play things happen it's not like it was a particularly bad hit or anything it was just kind of a normal football play but when it's your quarterback that you have handed the keys over to that you spent three first round picks on uh i think you you got to be a little safer and you you need to try to let him do it a different way, which is throwing the ball. And we just didn't get the opportunity to see that, which is really frustrating. And, and I can understand why Niner fans are really, really upset with Kyle Shanahan. It makes sense. And obviously we hate to start on a sour note in the first episode of the four one fivers podcast, Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you, but I come back to the, the concept of belief and trust as far as it pertains to the, the head coaching quarterback relationship with Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, because there seems to be a lot of belief in Trey, you know, from media, from critics, from people who are on his side, people who are team Trey or people who are team Jimmy. There does seem to be belief in Trey, but I can only assume that what you just laid out so eloquently, Mark, is the fact that Kyle especially with the lead. Granted, it's, it was a short one at the time. They were up by three after the first drive, in which he did let Trey throw three times. That with a lead, he does not yet trust his young quarterback. And that comes down to maybe Trey wasn't ready 
Maybe Kyle didn't get him ready. But like you said, this kid had an entire offseason to prove to both the coaching staff, the offense, even the defense who he faced, you know, all all offseason long to prove to them and then prove to us in games that he was ready for this situation, that he's ready to be able to let it rip. And the body language, I mean, Kyle's, we'll, we'll talk about Shanahan's postgame comments throughout this podcast, but the body language that I see from Shanahan is that he did not yet trust his quarterback to throw the ball. And I, I don't know if I can necessarily fault Trey for that. Shanahan clearly didn't feel comfortable in using him that way. But when then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, unfortunately, necessarily so. And the report from Adam Schefter is that Trey Lance is going to have surgery on his ankle. It will likely cost him the rest of his season. Kyle Shanahan sort of confirmed that in a sense during his postgame presser, saying that Trey Lance has a broken ankle and he will have surgery tomorrow on Monday. So Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and the first thing that he does is he lets it fly. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo goes five for five on that first drive with a touchdown. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I I understand it's Seattle. Jimmy is obviously much more comfortable. He can sort of step in. This is why you have him, right? That's why you did everything you did in this offseason. You didn't move off of him. You restructured the contract. You brought him back as the insurance policy, which is now potentially looking like a great move. But you immediately trust the backup to throw the rock whereas you don't with your starter. And that just leaves me with so many question marks. And as much as you know, Shanahan can, can point to, you know, we were up by three, the ball was moving, Debo had an amazing run on that second drive, and at least from what he said in the postgame, it was a similar play to the one where Trey got rolled up on, whereas there was a couple of options for Trey. He could have given it off to the running back. He didn't because he made the proper read and then took it up the middle and then got injured. Obviously, that we can't fault Trey Lance for, but I'm questioning Kyle Shanahan on, on first down, on second and short. Why not you know, allow Trey to, to, to check it down, to try and make moves in the pocket to try and do what you have purported him to be, which is a pocket passer and the and having the ability to run more than being a running threat. Because from what I saw today, I mean, you could even make the argument what you saw against Chicago before they went down or got down by 10 late in that game, mm-hmm. that Trey Lance was more of a run first quarterback than a pass first quarterback. Yeah, he was. And I mean, I think the interesting thing is where... Last week in Chicago, in the rain, you lose your starting running back. You're not getting much from Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, You know, Debo had a lot of carries, especially early, but the run game wasn't working in the second half of that game. All right, maybe you call a few more runs for your quarterback. He's a big body. He's strong. He's physical. He can gain you some of those yards, and you needed them. You were trailing in that game in the second half, or, you know, for most of it, Uh, Chicago was fighting back, and then they took that lead in the fourth quarter. But this game, in the first quarter, early on, you're in control. It's only 3-0, yes, but you're in control. Whoever it is that's carrying the ball, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr., whether it's Ty Davis-Price, whether it's Debo Samuel, who broke a 51-yard run on that second drive of the game for the 49ers, whether it's any of those guys, they are getting chunks good yardage on first, second, third down, whenever they're getting good chunks of yardage and you decide to call a gun run for your second year quarterback who's trying to get comfortable in this offense, who's trying to, you know, get good chemistry with his receivers, who's trying to to play without his star tight end, George Kittle, for a second straight week for a guy who's just trying to get his feet wet 
and you have the running game working everywhere else and you still feel the need to run the ball with this guy, with this quarterback, and you risk injury and God forbid it happens, I – I'm sorry. It, it it just makes absolutely no sense to me. If Trey Lance broke that run for, you know, whatever it was, a 21-yard run. I think the injury happened on a play from the Seattle 21-yard line. If he broke that all the way and got into the end zone for a touchdown, great. But it's not worth the risk. And unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance had to, had to pay the price. And it likely is going to cost their second-year quarterback, who they hope is the future of their franchise, a whole season and we'll never know if he will be able to recover from it. We'll never know what he would have looked like if he didn't get injured. We'll never know if he's going to be able to still be the quarterback that the Niners hope he will be. It's it's just an unfortunate situation all the way around. And no matter what way I look at it, it just doesn't make any sense. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we're going to be coming to you three times a week during the San Francisco 49ers season. This is episode one of the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy, podcast devoted to the 49ers on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. You can find everything on the Odyssey app. And of course, in cooperation with 95.7 The Game, where both of us operate here in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And I want to stay there. I want to stay with Shanahan because as much as we all feel bad for Trey Lance, I would hope that people out there would feel bad for Trey Lance. This comes down to the head coach. And I want to run this by you, Mark. I'm not quite sure where I fall on it yet because as much as I want to go full flamethrower on Kyle Shanahan and blame him for putting Trey Lance in harm's way and you know, not necessarily lying to us, but his words not matching up with his actions when it comes to how ready his quarterback was, how ready his quarterback was to run the offense, to you know, be the potential starter of the future already. I also understand that if you're looking at last week, and even going back to last season against Arizona, against Houston to some extent. I think Trey Lance was a much better passer in the game against a 4-1 Houston team than he was against, as you mentioned, the Cardinals, who at the time were the best team in the NFL when he faced them in Week 5. I do see Shanahan feeling like, okay, I'm looking at the tape, and right now Trey Lance's best weapon is with his legs. I mean, that that's what the play calling at least has told to me these first, you know, week, it's a small sample size, but week one against Chicago, he looked much more comfortable in the pocket, moving around, taking off than he did with throwing the ball through the air. You could say the monsoon has a lot to do with that. I understand. But moving into this week, we didn't think that there were going to be there was going to be torrential downpour, but there was going to be some, you know, climate conditions that were going to work against Trey Lance, sort of similar to last week, where there was going to be some rain, there was going to be 15-mile-per-hour winds as reported pregame. So maybe Kyle Shanahan's thinking, okay, just to get him warmed up, like we got to use him more on the ground than through the air. I mean, week one against Chicago in that first half, I believe he only let Trey Lance throw it a couple of times. And now, granted, they had the lead, and so he's playing more conservatively. But you go down in the first drive, Trey Lance looks good on his couple of passes. 
They get three points. Seattle stifles on offense. You get the ball back. You're moving. You're picking up yardage. You're into plus territory. And Kyle Shanahan's thinking, all right, I want to make sure that Trey doesn't have a chance to you know, make a mistake. And so we're just going to give him the option to run the ball. Again, I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan explicitly ran the play and Trey up the gut, you got to go. From what it sounded like, it was an option play that Trey felt like was best for him to keep. And he apparently made the right play according to Shanahan. But that that's the only way I can see where, okay, if you're Kyle, you do want to try and showcase what Trey has done best so far. I know that Trey is you know, by all means, going to hopefully develop into a great pocket passer, into an excellent, more, you know, Patrick Mahomes-like quarterback where he's working from the pocket and then runs rather than runs and then works from the pocket like a Lamar Jackson. But if he's not ready at this point, can you fault Shanahan for not trying to use his quarterback's best asset? Uh, I feel like that's a dangerous game because can I fault Shanahan for not having his quarterback ready. Yeah, I mean, good point. Doesn't that blame go to Shanahan as well? I mean, obviously, if the guys just simply doesn't have it, not saying that he does, I think it's too early to tell, especially for outside observers. Now, maybe you have a good idea if you're at every practice, if if you know you see every throw that he makes. But for a guy that that you basically had the pick of the litter, you had you knew you were not getting Trevor Lawrence. And it, it seemed pretty obvious you were not getting Zach Wilson. You had the pick of anyone else eligible for the 2021 NFL draft. And this was the guy you went with. Fast forward a year and a half later, an entire offseason where you know he is the starter. Into week two, after a, a tough week one because of the weather. And your guy isn't ready. So you feel the need to risk his health by running the ball. I'm sorry. I, I think any way you slice it, the blame comes down on Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, again, like I said, if Trey Lance simply isn't the guy, then okay, he's not the guy. If you are so confident in that already, though, at this point, you already brought back Jimmy Garoppolo to be the backup. Why wouldn't you just go back to Garoppolo? Like, obviously, that's never going to happen. But I don't well, know. It is now. It, it is now because of injury, unfortunately. But I think, you know, what you're saying in that instance, in that example, in that, you know, what if, I think the blame still goes to Kyle Shanahan, who has, you know, been heralded as this offensive genius, fair or not. That's what he's he's known as across the NFL. He's, you know, a great, great quarterback coach. And this could all be true. But if you don't have your young stud quarterback who you bet your job on ready at this point, just to the point of where you're not even comfortable having him throw the ball like most quarterbacks do. You know, maybe it changes two, three years down the road, and he, and he has a similar evolution like, like a Josh Allen who really struggled his first year as a starter. But if you're not even comfortable letting him throw the ball down the field here and there, I'm sorry, but I think the blame's on you. Well, and that's that's where I'm kind of with you because of not what preceded Trey Lance, well, I guess technically, and then what followed him, which is Jimmy Garoppolo, because clearly Kyle is, I mean, he, he let Jimmy Garoppolo make mistakes last season, 2019 even, the, the two years that Jimmy G was fully healthy, in which Shanahan and the 49ers went on deep postseason runs. He was okay with him making mistakes. 
because he trusted him. And that that's why I just I don't understand why you have a quarterback, at least to me, that it looks like you don't trust or why he is your starter. I mean, it, it, it just feels like Kyle Shanahan is in this gray space where he can't make up his mind. And he gives himself so many different options to pick from so that on the off chance, one of them goes wrong, that he can't be wrong or that he can't be seen as making the incorrect decision because he's got so many different outs. And that was the way that the press conference kind of came off. I mean, there was a question that came in early on, obviously, about Trey Lance, who, again, for those of you who who didn't quite catch the moment, is at the 233 mark of the first quarter, second and eight, 49ers driving up three to nothing. Trey Lance goes up the gut on what appeared to be, you know, quarterback power, just just take it, run it right up the middle, gets rolled up on in a two-yard gain, breaks his ankle, is likely going to be out for the rest of the season. He'll have surgery tomorrow. And he's just swatting away these questions, Shanahan is in his postgame, basically saying, Hey, did you know, did you look around the rest of the league? Did did you look at the plays that other head coaches were calling or offensive coordinators were calling because my plays look very similar. You know, I'm trying to utilize my strengths, which is right now, obviously, and has been for the entirety of his career, as we know it, running the ball. They ran 45 times. And, you know, he tried to support that by saying, you know, that's not necessarily the goal is to run it 40 plus, 40 plus, like he said in the past. But anytime you do run at that amount, you're generally having good results. It means you're not in too many third down and longs. It means you're moving the chains. It means you're doing what the 49ers did overall, which was beat Seattle by 20 points, a margin they have not done against the Seahawks since 1988, for crying out loud. So clearly they had a game plan and they used it, but it cost you your starting quarterback. And it just felt like he didn't trust the guy who is his QB1, who he said is his team, is Trey Lance's team, and so I don't necessarily know if I can. I, I feel like I just can't trust Shanahan because he doesn't have full trust in his dude. And from the game plan that he laid out to them, the game plan he switched to with Jimmy G once he came in, it was such a stark contrast where I'm sitting back and I'm looking like, okay, 49ers are going to win this game. But where do we go from here? I mean, where do we go from where do we go for, for Garoppolo? Where do we go for Trey Lance? He's going to be done this season. But how do you feel about him moving forward? Because clearly today it didn't look like you felt much about him at all. Well, yeah, and I mean, we, we were texting, you know, during the game, and Garoppolo comes in, and he's slinging the ball over the place. I mean, you, yeah. you look at the, the the plays that were called with Lance under center and Jimmy under center. I know you already mentioned the Lance numbers. 15 plays, 15 snaps for Trey Lance. 12 rush, 3 pass. He completed two of those passes, including a nice 25-yard gain to Brandon Ayuk on the first drive of the game. Jimmy in for three-plus quarters, 33 rushes. That's a lot of rushes, but 33 rushes to 21 passes. Jimmy in three quarters threw the ball 21 times, and that's that's a good ratio, 33 rush, 21 pass, kind of like what you're talking about. If you run the ball that many times, you're likely going to win, and that was the case today. But it it's just such a stark contrast, and you, you think about what was – the reason why the 49ers went to get a new quarterback. It didn't really matter who it was, just the idea of them going to get someone to replace Garoppolo. One, it's because of Jimmy's injury history. It's because of his tendency to turn the ball over, you know, some particularly really bad throws where he just doesn't see a linebacker over the middle and and throws it right at him. 
But the other thing is because it seriously limits Kyle Shanahan's play calling ability because Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the ball to the outside of the numbers, generally speaking, pretty well. He does not throw the ball deep down the field very well. You look at the Kyle Shanahan offense with the Atlanta Falcons when Matt Ryan won an MVP, when Julio Jones was the greatest receiver in the world. Obviously, talent matters, but that was an offense that spread the ball around, that threw it outside towards the boundary, that threw it deep down the field to whoever it was for the Falcons. And then you look at the Shanahan offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's this, we're going to beat you on the ground, and we're going to try to get to 40 rushes in this game, and we're just going to wear you out and win in the trenches. That's obviously a great way to win football games. It's worked in San Francisco for a number of different head coaches. But, but there is no doubting you have, you get a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field, that has a strong arm, that has the ability to throw it to the boundary. It's going to make your offense that much better. So that's why you go and get someone else, whether it was Mac Jones, whether it was Justin Fields, whether it was Trey Lance, whether it was Kirk Cousins from a a few years ago before he signed a giant extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Whoever it is, you need someone else because there's so much of Kyle Shanahan's offensive genius that is going unused with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. And you finally, you handpick your guy. You you announce to the world, watch out because I have a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field now. You should be afraid. And I think teams were at at the, the, the idea that Kyle Shanahan finally found his quarterback as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers and in four career starts now in, in two, two as the actual full-time starter of the 49ers, the playbook looked even bearer than when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. You're designing quarterback runs. You're not throwing the ball down the field. You're not giving him the opportunity to fit into tight windows along the boundary. It is Jimmy Garoppolo's playbook just with quarterback runs mixed in there. And I I can't make any sense of it. Whether or not he thinks Trey Lance is ready to make that doesn't matter to me because the blame falls on Kyle Shanahan. It just, I, I can't wrap my head around what we just saw the last couple of weeks. You can throw out the rain game in Chicago just because, you know, weather makes it tough to throw the ball. They talked about it all week long. But this game, for the two drives that Trey Lance was in, maybe that's not enough time to to be a fair judge of what Shanahan had in store, you know, for the rest of the game. But from what we saw, uh, there's seriously some disconnect between what I think most people are expecting Trey Lance to be and what Kyle Shanahan believes Trey Lance actually is at this moment. Well, this is the 415ers podcast, episode one. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you. We're, we're going to be coming at you three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as the Odyssey app, this will be devoted to the San Francisco 49ers all season long in cooperation with 95-7 The Game. And... Early on, I didn't necessarily want to come off like I was trying to make an excuse for Shanahan. I'm, I'm, I think like a lot of 49ers fans just trying to figure out what is going on in your mind when you try and and basically force feed Trey Lance to fans, to the opposition, to critics in a way that is the opposite of how you sold him. 
the opposite of how we have been 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 force fed Trey Lance, which is this guy who can, like you mentioned, put the ball outside the numbers, can throw the deep ball. And you let him you let him rip it maybe once or twice when it fits your comfort. But as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo comes into the game in the second quarter and even in the second half, when you're up by, you know, e- even after the, the, the field goal block turned touchdown, which made the game a bit of a scare in the second half, 49ers go on to win 27 to seven. It's pretty much they coast a victory. Uh, interestingly enough, for the first time in a long time against the Seattle Seahawks. But this Seattle team is obviously not the same. My opinion, they stink. Last week was a mirage against the Broncos that Nathaniel yep, Hackett just tricked away. Like they, they, they're not very good. They won their Super Bowl last week, and the 49ers lost in terrible fashion to the Chicago Bears. So they're bound to bounce back off off the canvas. Yeah, not, Niners minus nine and a half was a lock. For sure. At least, I mean, I I've been saying it all week. Obviously, it looked a little scary after the block, but that that and that and that's actually where I want to go later on in this pod. Maybe after we finish up this conversation about Shanahan and Lance, just how good the team actually looked around the quarterback. But I just I cannot I can't I can't figure it out. Like, where do you want? Where did you want Trey Lance to go? Like, was the was the plan the entire time for Kyle Shanahan to? Okay, each half, you know, maybe Trey Lance, we're going to take some some safe shots. Second and short, you know, play action. We're just going to get him in these in these very comfortable, safe passing situations. But then you're not going to run him in an equally safe scenario. I mean, you're putting him in harm's way up the gut. You're making him run outside. He he, he said it himself, you know, before the preseason, he'd never slid before. This is a guy that doesn't know how to maybe receive contact as well as other quarterbacks. Yeah, and he said this past week, I believe it was on Wednesday when he, he spoke with the media. He, the quarterback will, will speak every Wednesday for the 49ers. He said, uh, yeah, I'm learning to slide. I'm getting better at it. Oh, but by the way, I will never slide on third down. He straight up said, I will never slide. And like, that's yes. just a major, like, I, you love the mindset of someone like that. I'm going to go and get that first down on a big third and six in the fourth quarter, extend the drive, bleed the clock, win the game. You love it, but not from your starting quarterback who you spent three first round picks on. That's a warning flag. Kyle Shanahan hears that Trey Lance said that and you immediately go over to him and say, Hey, no, you're not risking your body to get us one more yard on a third down play in week two. Like it, it, no, that can't happen. And whether or not, you know, Shanahan did have that conversation or not, that's it's just an interesting comment. I, I was shocked to hear Trey Lance say that last week. Yeah, no. And look, you can do that in Fargo. You can do that in the FCS. Hell, you could do that in the SEC. We've seen some quarterbacks roll over big boys and five stars that are, are far better competition than what Trey Lance played against in college. You cannot do that in the National Football League. And the other thing he said, yeah. excuse me, the other thing he said this this past week was he was asked like what's the biggest difference for you? You got your first taste as an actual, you know, starter on an on a, on a, on an NFL team and he said, "Well, what I notice is I'm not the biggest, fastest or strongest anymore." Like he said that and he also said I will not slide on third down in the same press conference. And that to me sounds like a 22 year old. I mean, it's no offense to him. Like that's, that's how Trey Lance should talk. I mean, I, I, I don't know about yeah. you, Mark, but I've, I've really come to uh, respect Trey Lance's ability to 
conduct himself with the media. He seems to be a consummate professional at a very young age. But those answers and that mindset is one of a guy who has not played football as much as his peers and has not played in the National Football League for as long as a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. And so Kyle Shanahan, and and this is you know bringing it all bringing it all back. If the defense is, I know my quarterback and know that right now his biggest strength and the the best way he can help us win is primarily with his legs over his arm. Well, then you should also recognize and understand and know your quarterback and know their tendencies to the point where if Trey Lance is saying, I'm going to fight for that extra yard, then Kyle Shanahan, you can't let him fight for that extra yard. You can't call a play that demands him on third down to potentially go head over heels like he did in Arizona and get knocked down near the goal line. Like You cannot let him do that. I would much rather have him dirt a ball from five yards out on third down and kick a punt or kick a field goal like they did on their first drive rather than have him call quarterback power, run up the gut. Maybe he gets 10 yards. Maybe he gets a first down. Well, you saw the other side of the coin this week, which is he might also break his ankle and be out for the season. Yeah, no, like if, if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I hear Trey Lance say what he said last week, one is I'm noticing I'm not bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else. And two, I'm not sliding on third down. And even when I do slide, I kind of don't know how to do it. One, I think that's a normal mindset of a 22-year-old to, to have, as, as you said. But two, that's just a, like a red flag that should pop up in Kyle Shanahan's mind and say, okay, one, I need to talk with this kid and say, no, you need to take sliding serious. We need you to slide. We need to protect you. We need to keep you safe. And then two, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm thinking, okay, at least for the time being, while this guy may be kind of figures out his bearings in the NFL, when he figures out how to safely slide, figures out what moments to dive headfirst for an extra half a yard, what moments to just, you know, fall down like like Tom Brady does to avoid getting hit. While he figures that out, I'm going to limit the amount of times I'm calling runs for him because this is when he's most vulnerable. When he is a young quarterback that doesn't have much NFL experience, that hasn't really suffered that big hit where he he gets up and he feels woozy. And it's kind of like a wake up call in the NFL where you're like, oh, oh, man, this is dangerous. I need to protect myself. He hasn't had that moment yet. So if I'm Kyle Shanahan, the adjustment is don't put him in those situations right now. And Kyle Shanahan did. He took a risk, and unfortunately, it came back to bite him. And now the the quarterback, who he's only said glowing things about the last year and a half, is likely out for the rest of the season. It is an unfortunate moment for Shanahan, Lance, and the 49ers, especially Trey Lance. But but um, I think it was certainly avoidable. It was avoidable. And, you know, it's football. Injuries happen. But – You do not want to put your quarterback in harm's way. And Shanahan did it over and over and over again in the four starts that he's had with Trey Lance. And that's the thing, too, is and and he did. He hid behind the armor in his postgame press conference of, look, it's a football play. It happens. 60 to 75 times a game. I mean, we've seen injuries in preseason. We've seen injuries already during the regular season around the NFL. But if you didn't feel like the preseason, which speaking of Shanahan, was that important or the games were that important, whether it's because he didn't feel like they were, you know, 
moving Trey Lance in a positive direction as far as his progression. Maybe he felt like they were unnecessary risks and that Trey Lance could get hurt. Well, then why the hell are you using him the way you're using him? I mean, and and look, maybe there was some sort of script laid out for the 49ers today. Okay, we're going to use Trey Lance early on more as a runner. Okay, we want him to get a feel for the game, the way Seattle's defense is moving. We want to introduce, you know, whoever is going to step up in the stead of Elijah Mitchell because his injury was sort of looming large over this game coming in. Jeff Wilson Jr. was fantastic. Ty Davis Price looks like a player and a rookie out of the third, uh, third round from LSU. Debo obviously had a couple of big plays, and then he wants to sort of feature Trey Lance as a fourth option that Seattle has to take a look at. Okay, well, maybe then after that, you're going to use him as a passer, but you don't get to do that when you repeatedly put a guy in harm's way. And so that's why it just, the equation to me does not add up. It's it's like it's like a math equation where there is so many variables involved that no matter what, you're not going to find the right answer, but you're going to get close enough to be able to defend throwing all these different letters and exponents in there. And, and Kyle Shanahan, it's just, it confounds me. And, and I'm sort of with you, however you slice it, shout out North Beach Pizza here in San Francisco, however you slice it, <laughs> I, I, Kyle Shanahan has got to take the brunt of the blame for this and for him to stand at the podium and look, neither of us have been in that situation, neither of us will ever be in that situation, but I find it hard to believe that you don't feel some sort of remorse for putting your second year quarterback, your first year starting quarterback, with everything that we've known about him in the preseason and last year of maybe being ready but maybe not, and having to rely more on belief than trust with this guy because there's not enough of a sample size, I have a hard time believing that the best course of action is for you to put him in harm's way more than one time in the first quarter of the football game. Yeah, and you know, I I, I think he obviously said Shanahan did post game. It's unfortunate that he got hurt. I always feel regret, you know, for my play call when a guy gets hurt. But you know, I stand by the play call. I, I would, you know, I think it was the right decision. He obviously feels terrible about what happened to Trey Lance. Obviously, you know, as, as he should, as everyone does. It's just. You know, when you, you get away from, you know, who to blame and what this means for the 49ers, the, the, at the heart of this is just how much this sucks for Trey Lance. He waited patiently behind Jimmy Garoppolo last year, had a couple of spot starts, and all in all, I think did pretty decent. But it's not like he, you know, blew the, the roof off the place and it was absolutely phenomenal. And he he, well, finally, he, hasn't, he hasn't gotten a chance to be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't. But now he finally has his chance and he gets hurt. And also, obviously, you know, you just feel terrible for the kid uh, because you don't know what this is going to do for his future. I mean, Dak Prescott suffered a what looked like a, a similar injury. I think Dak's is probably was probably a little more severe, although it's too early to really to talk about that. We, we don't know all the details. Prescott's come back and and he's been fine. You could say he's he's been better. You know, once he got his ankle right, he's continued his career progression like most quarterbacks do. We don't know what the future holds for Trey Lance. Um, I would say Shanahan, obviously remorseful, but the fact that he is standing by the play call and not just that one, but you know the, the multiple designed runs that he called for Trey Lance, the lack of 
you know, trust in his arm, you know, even back to Chicago. Yes, I know it was a monsoon. It's hard to throw the ball and catch the ball in those conditions. But the fact that he is standing by the play call is, I think, interesting. And it probably matters more than anything else, because like we talked, like when we talked about it at the beginning of the pod, Evan, um, if he thinks that's the best decision, considering everything, how good the run game was working with Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, Debo Samuel, and Ty Davis-Price, he considers the fact that Garoppolo or that Lance had completed two of his first three passes, and he still says in that moment, early, uh, pardon me, late first quarter, with his team already ahead, down in the red zone after a 51-yard Debo run, he is able to stand up at that pony and say, it's unfortunate, it's terrible, but it was the right play call. I, I just simply can't agree. Well, we'll certainly be talking about the aftermath of the decision or non-decision by Shanahan in the first quarter of this 27-7 49ers victory over the Seattle Seahawks here in Week 2. You are listening to Episode 1 of the 415ers Podcast, the Odyssey Podcast Network, coming at you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three times a week during the football season here in the 2022 season. And uh, you can find everything on the Odyssey app in cooperation with 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings and Mark Granny with you. Well, we've... We've, we've, I, I think we've gone 12 rounds of Shanahan, Mark, and I, I do want to finish the podcast on a high note as we still have a couple of minutes left here to discuss the positives that happened today, which to me was the fact that, I mean, you did lose your starting quarterback for the season, likely. According to Adam Schefter, it will likely be out for the season. Shanahan confirmed that Trey Lance will have surgery on his ankle tomorrow on Monday as we're recording this after the game here on Sunday night. But... You didn't skip a beat. I mean, as as the 49ers are concerned, an injury like that to your quarterback, and the 49ers, unfortunately, have had a lot of experience with this. You lose a starting quarterback, not to say you lose the game, but you certainly lose momentum, and you lose, at least appears to be, a lot of energy sort of sucked out of the stadium. And granted, we weren't at Levi's Stadium, but it felt like once Jimmy G came in, his first five passes he hits leads them immediately on a touchdown drive. They create some separation with the Seattle team they should put away and did. And the defense looked fantastic. The running game excelled via, you know, 45 runs, as we mentioned, you know, 30 plus of them coming after Jimmy Garoppolo came into the game at the two and two and a half minute mark of the third quarter. So as much as I am mad and I don't really know where to place the majority of the blame except for at the feet of Kyle Shanahan. If if I'm feeling you know good about where the 49ers were at the beginning of the season as far as making the playoffs, potentially going back to where they were last year, which is the conference championship, in a weird way, I almost feel like they are still on track to do that because of how they looked after Trey Lance went down. They didn't seem to skip a beat. Yeah, run game was was really good. Uh, obviously, having Elijah Mitchell out there would be really nice. But, I mean, it's kind of been the story of Kyle Shanahan's Niners tenure is whoever's out there is going to be efficient and effective. And that was the case. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw from, from Ty Davis-Price. Um, I think we could probably put to bed the Ty Davis-Price-Jordan Mason conversation. I mean, Mason didn't touch the ball. I don't, I don't think he was in there for an offensive snap. Um, the entire game, Ty Davis Price is the clear cut number two, and uh, 
you know, God forbid something happened to Jeff Wilson Jr. or, or who knows, maybe Ty Davis Price impresses Shanahan enough and he ultimately becomes the, the new number one with the injury to Elijah Mitchell. Um, the defense was phenomenal. I mean, you only give up seven points. It would have been a shutout if it weren't for a blocked chip shot field goal that was returned for a touchdown. And the only reason that happened was because Jake Brendel uh, couldn't quite snap the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo on a third and goal play from the one yard line. It it turned into uh, just Ross Duelli picking it up and, and trying to scoot into the end zone, but was unable to on kind of a weird broken play. Then the field goal, which is blocked and returned, yada, yada, yada. So the only points allowed on special teams and the defense was phenomenal. Yeah, the, the 49ers defense pitched a shutout. Yes, they did. The only points scored by Seattle were on special teams and kind of a freak play. And then you look at, okay, well, who comes in for Trey Lance? It's Jimmy Garoppolo, the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And he was good, 13-21, 154 yards. He found a wide-open Ross Dwelly for a long touchdown in the first half. Did not turn the ball over. There were a couple of wobbly balls and not the greatest throws, but efficient, classic Jimmy Garoppolo. He also rushed for a touchdown. So, I mean, he was really good. And it it makes for a really interesting conversation because on one hand, what we spent, you know, the first 40 or so minutes of this pod discussing, Evan, is the, the blame that Kyle Shanahan deserves for for what happened here, but you have to then credit him and John Lynch and everyone involved with keeping Jimmy Garoppolo here, because if an injury like this does happen, whether or not you want to believe it was avoidable with the play calling, it's better to have a good backup quarterback than a bad one, or at least an unproven one like Brock Purdy is who would have been the backup. If Jimmy Garoppolo got traded elsewhere, if he didn't want to resign with the 49ers, So on one hand, you can blame Shanahan all you want for this injury. But on the other hand, you do have to at least give him a modicum of credit for keeping up a solid relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo, for making sure that he still feels welcome, that he wants to be here, for creating an environment that he would be willing to come back to as the backup quarterback. You have to credit Shanahan and company for that because otherwise, if if we're talking in an alternate universe – where Jimmy Garoppolo, say he got traded to the Seahawks. He was playing for Seattle in this game. Trey Lance gets hurt on the second drive of the game. Brock Purdy comes in. Guess what's happening? Jimmy Garoppolo is leading the Seahawks to a victory in Santa Clara. There's there's no doubt about that. So I think it makes it a super interesting conversation because on the one hand, you're in this situation partly, I think, because of the careless play calling by by Kyle Shanahan, but you were still able to win this game in convincing fashion because he kept a good backup quarterback around, which maybe you could argue was bad for your starting quarterback because uh, it, it creates just this giant cloud of doubt behind him. But your team is better because of it, and you you won this game in week two probably because of it and, and because of the defense and the run game, but you got to credit what Jimmy Garoppolo did today. And you have to credit Shanahan for making sure he was still in the Niners uniform. Well, and that is why I feel so inextricably split about Kyle <laughs> Shanahan right now, because I don't feel like he should deserve credit, but at the same time, he absolutely should not only because of how 
the game worked out today. They still won by 20 points. And whether you want to make it a poo-poo victory or not, they haven't beaten the Seahawks by that many points since, well, neither us, neither of us were alive at that point. But, you know, he's also responsible for, I mean, I think he's responsible. You think he's responsible. I think the majority of 49ers fans feel that he's responsible for the loss of his starting quarterback, but they didn't seem to skip a beat. And even before then, the defense obviously looked fantastic. Nick Bosa racked up a couple of sacks. Drake Greenlaw, who actually, I think right before we started recording the pot, officially was signed to a two-year extension with the San Francisco 49ers. He had a game-high eight sacks, or pardon me, eight tackles, six of them solo, also a tackle for loss. Traverius Ward had his first interception. Granted, it was handed to him on a silver platter uh, as a 49er. And, you know, Ayuk had five catches, 60 yards. Debo, five catches, 40 yards. He also had an explosive run, five for 53. Like, they looked good outside of, of course, the the sort of debacle that we're trying to decipher our way through, which is the quarterback situation, what happened to Trey. So, you know, I... I can't be completely angry with Kyle, not only for how the game turned out, but also because, look, he's the one that is responsible at the front office level for putting together this group of talent. He, along with with John Lynch, but he is the one that has the final say-so as far as who is on his team. So he's clearly compiled an extremely good roster. That's why many fans were so high on the 49ers this year. And honestly, they should be. And at the very least, where I walked out of the game feeling like is the 49ers are still on track to do what I deem a successful season, which is make the playoffs. With Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup and now starting quarterback, you can almost, and I feel like this is how Kyle sort of sees it too. Shanahan can pencil 10 wins in on his ledger with Jimmy Garoppolo, assuming he stays healthy, with him playing starting quarterback for the 49ers. So as much as I feel terrible for Trey Lance, and as much as I feel terrible for the Trey Lance supporters who are hoping that he could be the guy to lead the 49ers to the promised land and beyond, they're sort of in the same place they were at the preseason, which is everyone still feeling high on him, and they're almost a lock to make the playoffs. Yeah, you, you got me thinking about how the betting market is going to react to this. Oh, because boy. I think I think it's an extremely interesting conversation because there is a very real chance and we could get online and maybe try to look at some live odds, see if things are changing right now. But if you look at Super Bowl odds, futures, future bets, you know, to, to win the Super Bowl, um, the odds are probably going, they're probably going to change and they're going to move like more likely to happen now that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback would be I agree. which how many times in NFL history does your starting quarterback get hurt and is likely out for the rest of the season and your Super Bowl odds increase that is the wildest statement anyone has ever said but I am pretty positive that's going to happen now Niner fans you can be frustrated and upset by that i think most people are because you don't get to see you you still have that the mystery of what trey lance is going to be hanging around you've had it for a year and a half you're going to have to wait probably a whole nother year before you get any sort of resolution and you still might not a year from now a year and a half from now who knows but you lose your starting quarterback and your super bowl odds get better that 
is absolutely wild and it, it makes no sense to me i think i mean we'll check back on this the next time we record a pod around uh it'll it'll be released wednesday morning i believe um we'll check but right now i'm i'm looking at odds and it looks like the niners are based on where you're at where you're at plus 2200 plus 2000 plus 2500 around there so that would mean a $100 bet would pay you out upwards of of $2000 uh it's probably going to dip into the you know plus you know i don't know plus i'm not even sure it, it, it's going to get better and um we'll check back in this uh, in on those numbers on on Wednesday but um it just is an absolute shocking shocking you know turn of events and like what we mentioned at the very uh, top of the pod Evan uh this 49ers season which was already as interesting as you know a, a season can be through one week just gets even more interesting through two weeks well, for those of you who couldn't tell, Grandy is the degenerate of the duo here. Uh, <laughs> immediately going to the gambling odds. I so and actually, I do want to pick this up on our Wednesday pod. Again, we're going to be dropping three episodes a week during the 2022 San Francisco 49ers season. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find all of it on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network Odyssey app in cooperation with 95.7 The Game. I do think they will increase. Now, I don't know how much, just because even though. I think people feel more comfortable with Jimmy G and at least knowing that they'll be, it's easy to pencil in. I think wins easier with Jimmy than Trey, although we don't know how many wins Trey could have gotten Um, moving from 0 and one to one and one automatically gets you closer to the super bowl. So that that's certainly going to have some sway in there too, but I do want to keep an eye on that. Maybe it would be better to look at um, NFC West odds or just NFC Mm. odds as opposed to just, just narrow it down a little bit more and you can kind of see a little bit more movement probably. For sure. No, that's something we'll absolutely keep an eye on. I think that's an interesting point, Mark, and we will bring it to our next episode, which will be dropping on Wednesday. This has been episode one of the 415ers podcast. Again, my name is Evan Giddings, along with Mark Grandy. You can follow me on Twitter at egiddings10. Mark, tell them where they can get at you. Uh, At Mark Grandy. That's Mark with a C, M-A-R-C-G-R-A-N-D-I. Right on. We'll be coming at you three times a week. This has been a lot of fun, Mark. I know we've gone almost about an hour at this point. I feel like we could go several more hours with Shanahan, with Trey, with Jimmy, with the 49ers, with what's going to happen this season. And we are pleased to be bringing you the 415ers podcast three times a week, again, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. In the meantime, Well, we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. He's slated to have surgery tomorrow on Monday as we tape this on Sunday evening. Thank you so much all for tuning in. Mark, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.